Welcome to the Bethel Church Podcast. Each week you'll be able to check in for our messages from Sunday and other material. We hope that our messages encourage you in your walk in daily faith with Jesus. Make sure to check out our website, BethelStratford.org. How many people are excited for 2018? You're already in it, so. The new year always brings new things, doesn't it? Now, how many people here, when it comes to the new year, anybody kind of nerd out and start checking out what technology is coming out? Nobody, just me? All right. A few people appreciate the honesty. See, there's a lot of different things coming out. I went through, I checked out a list of like 47 tech things coming out. There is a lot of Fitbit stuff going on. Lots of Fitbit stuff. Lots of those like Echoes and all these other names that you can just set on your counter and you can talk to it and it'll tell you what to do. I was about to drop a wife joke there, but I thought I better not. I realized I was like, wait, probably should rein that in. I know. It went to my head and I'm like, I probably shouldn't. So I just shared that I thought it, but I didn't share it. And my wife doesn't. That's why I'm like, I can't share that joke. But here's the thing with those little towers that when you talk to them, they give you answers. Here's what you got to realize. They're always listening. They tell you, once they call its name, then it responds. That means it's listening for its name. It's always listening. That doesn't creep you out. I don't know what does. But here is one. Any, who's all got... Parents of kids and teenagers especially, raise your hands. You want to pay attention. Pay attention. This one is on the screen. One of the texts that I thought was awesome, it's called the clocky alarm clock on wheels. So what happens is when the alarm starts going off, it starts wheeling away from your bed. If Pastor Carlo ever crashes at your house, you want one of these. (laughs) I joke, because a lot of times he'll crash at our place when Maddie's up visiting, and and it's funny, because you can't, he sleeps in our basement, but when you're on the main floor, you can hear his alarm go off and snooze, and you can hear it go off and snooze, and his favorite story to tell is the one time where he woke up to Miles standing on our basement stairs going, I didn't make you pay 20 bucks. <laughs> I think that thing's really cool. And if you're a movie nerd like me, I just wanted you to know that Marvel has six movies coming out this year, which I think is crazy. There's another Star Wars movie. Yes. And finally, yes. The Incredibles 2. <laughs> I'm not promoting any of these movies. But it took a long time for Incredibles 2 to come out. Do you know how many times Miles will say to me, Dad, when's Incredible 2 coming out? And I'm like, I have no idea. But they ended it like it's going to start another one. And like, they did end it that way, but most movies end that way. And then Emma, of course, Dad, when's Frozen 2 coming out? <laughs> 2019, everybody. 2019. Please just let it go.
But we are always looking for new things. We're always looking for new things. Maybe for some of you, it's what cars are coming out. What's the new style of cars? What's the new outfit? What's the new hairstyle? Mine stays the same. It's simple. It's great. But for other people, you are always looking for the new thing. But my question is, how often do we ask this question? God, what is it that you are doing new? God, what is it that you are doing new? Because see, as much as I love 2017, and I, we took a moment in staff meeting to talk about 2017 and, and celebrate the things that God did at Bethel and celebrate the things that God did in our lives. And we asked and we talked about different things, the salvations we've seen at the church, the miracles that we've seen, um, just so many different things. Watching all aspects of our church begin to grow and to be healthy and strong and the influence that we're gaining in the city and different things that are happening, these are things to be celebrated. So I don't want you to think I'm not happy with what God has done. But how many of you know that Moses did so many different miracles, he did so many different things, and when God asked him what he wanted, his response was simple. Show me your glory. He wanted more. So I asked God, God, what's next? What's next for Bethel? What's next for me? What's next for my family? I, my prayer is that you ask these questions. If you haven't asked them yet, these are the goals that you should be setting. A bunch of us, we went to the gym this week to work out because it's the new year and it was packed. We'll see what it's like in February. But the moment, these are the questions, not, yes, we need to look after our physical bodies, but what about our spiritual bodies? What about our spirit? What are you doing about your spirit? Many of you have already set financial goals, you've set professional goals, you've set family goals, you have set physical goals, but have you set spiritual goals? Because see, as I read in the devotion that I read this morning, it talks about we're supposed to live for eternity. Not for now. Francis Chan, I've done the illustration here before. He does such a great illustration. He rolls out this long, long, crazy long rope. And he goes, we concentrate on this much of the rope. Because this much of the rope is, represents our time here on earth. And he says, we concentrate so much on this little part. We work so much here just to, so we have money to retire over here and we put so much effort into becoming great at something here on earth and it's just to make sure that we can accomplish so much. And we forget the rest of the rope, which we can't measure because it's eternity. You ever if somebody asks you like, well, how long is eternity? Well, it's forever. Well, how long is forever? Well, it's eternity. See how this goes? We don't know. But we put so much effort into now and we don't think spiritually forever. And I challenge you this morning. God, what's next? What's next? It's not being ungrateful. Because see, here's the interesting thing. In Isaiah 43, we're going to start reading at verse 16. It says, this is what the Lord says. 
who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and the horses, the army and the reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and the streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me and the jackals and the owls because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to drink, to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise. Doing a new thing. Forget what's behind. I honor what's behind. We celebrate. For many of you in the room, the years that you've invested into this church, we can only do what we do because of the time and the money and the prayers and the blood and the sweat and the tears that you invested into this place. So we celebrate that. None of you drive your very first car still today, unless you're up here. <laughs> For all the older ones in the room, none of us drive it, unless it's now classified as a classic. But so many times we talk about what God used to do how it used to be. I sometimes wonder, and I'm stepping on some edges here, but I want you to hear my heart. I sometimes wonder, do we hold God back because we talk about what he used to do and we're not looking to see what he's doing? Because see, it's interesting. In verse 19, this is what drives me crazy is it says, see I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? It's a question. It's a question. Do you not perceive it? Do you not see it? I can't see it because I'm not looking for it. Because it doesn't look the way it used to look. Henry Ford, there's a quote, famous quote that he said. And then as you research it a bit, nobody really knows if he actually said it. But it sounds great. So he says this, if I asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. Nobody knew what a car was. Hey, how can we make your travel better? Give me a faster horse. One of the quotes said they wanted less poop. Which would be true. But if we asked you, what do you want from God? You might not even know what you need. Steve Jobs says it this way. He says, it's really hard to design products by a focus group. A lot of times, people don't know what they want until you show it to them. Because in it, what he says, there's another quote where he says, by the time the focus group tells you what you want and you produce it, they want something else. Anybody got kids? I want this. You buy it, you store it in the basement leading up to Christmas, and by the time Christmas comes around, they've asked for 20 other things and they forget that they asked for that. That's us. 
So I think sometimes God presents stuff to us. He gives us stuff that we didn't even know we needed. And the problem is you're not looking for him moving. You're looking for what you want, not what you need. God, what do you have next? Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? See, when it comes to God moving, every one of you, I believe in my heart, wants to see God move. You want to see a revival. The difficulty is, we're all guilty of it, we tell God how the revival should go. We tell God how it should look. We tell God what he should be doing. Now, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of moments where that feels like Miles telling me how to fix something. Now, don't get me wrong. Smart kid, likes using tools, but he's eight. When we try to tell God what he should be doing, how often do you finally pause and realize, oh yeah, you're God, I'm Chad. I don't know about you, but when God wants to move, I don't think I can tell him how to do it. Because if we could tell him, we would have a set box, a set way of doing it, and it wouldn't work out the way it's supposed to. Because see here, many of us want revival, many of us want to see the spirit move, but do you remember what the day of Pentecost looked like? First off, none of you were there, so I shouldn't say, do you remember? Clarify that. But do you remember what it says in the Word of God? Acts 2, verse 14. We're going to skip when the Holy Spirit showed up. We're going to go right to where Peter gets up to talk, and he says, Then Peter stood up with the eleven and raised his voice to address the crowd. Fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. First off, I love his explanation. It's only nine. (laughs) It's a great explanation. (laughs) This is why they're not drunk. It's 9 a.m. Come on, people. But he does explain. They are not drunk. Verse 13, he says or sorry, because in verse 10 it says some of them made fun of them saying they were drunk. Now how many people have been around drunk people? (laughs) Anybody been around drunk people? All right, at least there's honesty. I didn't ask if you were drunk, I just asked if you were around drunk people. Technically, I guess if there was a mirror there, you were around drunk people. I'm not making light of it, I'm not promoting it, I... Here's what we have to realize. When the Spirit of God moves, when the day of Pentecost happened, the first thing Peter needs to clarify, they're not drunk. But yet, when the Spirit of God shows up, we believe it's supposed to be prim and proper in such a neat little box that every Canadian feels comfortable in. I'm not saying it should be chaotic. Don't get... don't read into this, but some of us want to discern so much, we discern the Holy Spirit out the door. A mentor of mine told me when the Spirit of God manifests, 
The enemy does, and so does our flesh. It's hard to discern through that. But I think sometimes we're so distracted discerning that you actually miss out on the move of God. Now again, there's discernment. I understand that. There's not chaos. God is a God of order. But when was the last time you were in a service and you were been praying for the Spirit of God to move and the Spirit of God came onto some people and your thought was to your neighbor, no, no, Sam, they're not drunk. That's the Spirit of God. Too often I think we lean over to one another and go, Sam, that's not the Holy Spirit. That's inappropriate. The first time, they're not drunk. I don't remember the last time, Pastor, I don't remember the last time somebody accused me of being so empowered and so filled with the Holy Spirit they thought I was drunk. I look forward to that. Well, come on, Chad, that was back in Jesus' day. We want the Spirit of God to move. I believe what's next for us, I truly believe what's next for us is an outpouring of the Holy Spirit in a way that none of us have seen before. We want to receive the power, we want to see the power of God, but don't manifest. Don't make us uncomfortable. Because when I'm uncomfortable, God, I don't think it's you. Tell that to Saul, just as he became Paul. Well, the Holy Spirit wouldn't force himself upon anybody. He came pretty hard at Saul as he was walking to Damascus. He blinded him. Are you ready for an encounter with the Lord that you can't see for days? Because if you want God to encounter you to change your life in a moment, that's what happened to Saul. His life was changed in a moment. One encounter with God. Oh God, that's what I want. He was blinded for three days because of it. I want to see God move in his fullness. Do we as leaders accept the responsibility of discerning all that and filtering through it and working through it? Absolutely. But just because you're uncomfortable doesn't mean it's not God. When I read through my Bible, there's a lot of uncomfortable moments. Think about you coming forward to see Jesus. We'll stay with the eyes because Paul was blind. We'll stay with the scenario. You walk up, I can't see Jesus. Will you heal me? What, what was that? That's not Jesus. That's, some, that's Peter. Peter's the inappropriate one. Why, why are my eyes wet? Now, Chad, come on. You're being stretched. No, this is the Bible. God would not ask you to do that. How do I know? Jesus himself did it. Now, don't worry if you need prayer for your eyes. I'm not going to spit in your face. <laughs> Unless Jesus told me to. <laughs> you laugh. Okay, and I understand we're, we're, having, we're interacting here, and I get it. But realize something. You will think I'm crazy. You will think I'm nuts. You will think there's no way God asked me to do that. But if we wipe the spit off somebody's face and they can see, 
it will open your eyes. Why do we put God in a box? Read the scriptures. Think of the crazy stuff he did. They walked into rooms with dead people and laid on top of them. Face to face. Can you imagine waking up to that? My belief is they're in the glory presence of God. They see God and they're like, this is wonderful. They open their eyes and here's my face. (laughs) That is not heavenly. (laughs) But we want the spirit of God to move. But why do we put him in such a confined little box? Maybe I'm expanding your mind for a moment to when you pray, Lord, move. I believe and I'm praying for a move of God on our Holy Spirit weekend. My concern in my heart is that we've put God in a box that he already feels handcuffed, feet tied when he comes into our building. That's like, oh, I can only move a certain way. God, I want your fullness. I want all of it. Show me your glory. Can you imagine walking out of here today and going into a restaurant, wherever you go, whatever you do after you're done here, could you imagine walking in and the waitress going, whoa, whoa, Dude, Sam, your face is bright. Think about when people are in the presence of God. We know the presence of God was here this morning. I believe he spoke to people. I believe that some of you have a new outlook in 2018 for victory in your life. But I also believe there's many times in our lives where we're so used to eating breadcrumbs of the Holy Spirit present that when the loaf shows up, we don't know what to do. Can you imagine walking into a bakery early in the morning and just seeing some crumbs on the shelf and being like, oh, you're fully stocked, this is great. No, we'd all be like, did you not bake last night? Where's the fresh bread? I don't know about you, but I want the fresh bread of the Lord. And I want to consume it. So much so that when I walk out of here, people know there's a difference. And when I walk out of my house, there's a difference. I read on Facebook, ladies, be a woman of God that when your feet hit the floor, the devil goes, uh-oh, she's up. <laughs> That's who I want to be, not the woman of God, the man of God. <laughs> Saw how that was rolling out there. But here's why we need to think differently. Matthew 9 says this in verse 16. No one sews a patch of unshrunk clothes on an old garment, for the patch will pull away from the garment, making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the, wine, the skins will burst, the wine will run out, and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. I don't know about you, but I want to be a new wineskin. I want to be able to absorb and expand with what the Holy Spirit gives us. And I believe the old wineskin and new wineskin has nothing to do with your age. It has to do with your heart. It has to do with your thoughts. How do we look at God? What do we think of God? I want to be ready. The apostles were open and ready for the Holy Spirit, and when the Spirit came and empowered them, they changed the world in a way that is still affecting it today. See, the interesting thing is this. Jesus says in John 5, 
Verse 19 and 20, it says, Jesus gave them this answer as he was defending himself. He said, very truly, I tell you, the son cannot do anything by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all he does. Yes, and he will show him even greater works than these so that you will be amazed. Do you ever think that God wants to fill you up so much and empower you so much that you begin to do spiritual gifts, you begin to heal people, you begin to do miraculous things so the world is amazed and drawn into a relationship with Jesus Christ? I know the Bible warns about generations that only want the miraculous, but they have that all the time. Jesus had people come and the moment he said, are you gonna be here to serve me? Are you gonna serve others? They left. And his response was he turned to his disciples. You're gonna go too? But realize, people walked for miles, days, to come and see Jesus because they needed to be touched and healed. I believe God comes in a miraculous, powerful way because it draws people in to go, what just happened over there? I'm going to be nosy and check it out. And then when they step into this room, when they step into the house of God, they encounter his presence and their hearts are changed forever. Are we willing to open up our hearts, open up our lives? Because I believe that we live in a day where even greater works will be done. It's interesting because just before this, Jesus says in verse 17 of chapter 5, in his defense, Jesus said to them, my father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. If the father is always working, are you always seeing him work? Because if he's always working, but you're not seeing him, it's not him, it's us, it's me. So if he's always working, but I don't see him working through me, guess what? It's me. Because he's already working. So how do we connect? How do we understand? When we read the Bible and we read through the Gospels, Jesus always takes time to pray. He goes away and prays. He spends time with the Father to listen to his voice, to make sure that he's on the same page If you come to a prayer meeting or if you're in a prayer time with us as leaders, you will hear us pray that, Holy Spirit, help us to stay in step with you, not one ahead, not one behind, but in step. Because if we're ahead, we're not with you. If we're behind, we're too late. We want to be in step. In step. So how do we know this? We spend time with him. We pray. I love the fact that when the disciples were trying to cast out a demon and they weren't able to cast it out and Jesus walks in and shows up and they're like, what's going on? Well, here's what's happening. And Jesus casts the demon out. And then later as they're talking just by themselves, the disciples ask, why couldn't we cast that one out? And Jesus' response was, that one can only come out, and you're like Matthew 20, or Mark 9, 29, that one only comes out by prayer and fasting. Now, if you're reading that, if you read it in its full context, when Jesus shows up and they say what's happening and Jesus sees what's happening, Jesus does not say, give me a couple days, I'll be back. Does he? Right? What does he do? He just speaks to it and casts it out. Then when they ask, well, how'd you do that? Well, it comes through prayer and fasting. So guess what was part of his regular spiritual discipline? Prayer and fasting. I know, it's the other F word that none of us like to hear. Fasting. None of us like to fast. 
But could I challenge you this morning that if you take time to fast, your spirit will be more disciplined to be able to hear the voice of God because you're not distracted by everything. Because you're connected. Your spirit is connected to his. We don't pray and fast to, have, to move God. We pray and fast to get in line with him. It's not a hunger strike. It's fasting so our flesh quiets so our spirit can hear. And then when we, that's why when the Bible tells us he will give you the desires of your heart because when we pray, we pray his desires because our hearts lined up with his. God is working and doing something new. We just need to be open to see it. We need to take time and pray and fast so that we are ready and open to see the Lord move. So this year, what I challenge you to do is, as you heard in the announcement on January 20th and 21st, we have our Holy Spirit weekend here with Bob Norcross. So I challenge everybody in the room, I challenge you to take some time to pray and fast. Maybe you can fast a meal a day or do a Daniel fast or fast from technology or TV. Fast from the news and see how much more cheerful you become. But I just want you to know, like tomorrow morning, right here in this room at 6.30 a.m., some of us gather to pray. Join us. Well, Chad, I can pray at home. Absolutely you can. But when two or three are gathered, when two or three are gathered, I encourage you to come. So next week, next Monday, January 15th, all the way through, we're going to have prayer at 9, or 6.30 each morning. So come. It's going to be one hour. While I start work at 7.30, then leave early. I don't know if I can get here at 6.30. Come at 7. See how flexible I am? Just come. But on the January the 18th, what Bethel Kids is is happening, we're actually going to have an evening of prayer at 6.30 p.m. Kept the times the same, just to make it easy. And we're going to pray. So if you can't make it in the morning, we have an evening. So come and join us. Pray and intercede, not just for yourself. There's going to be time in that moment to pray for yourself so that you're open for the Holy Spirit to move, but you're going to pray also for this church. You're going to pray for this room. We're going to pray that when the Holy Spirit weekend happens, it happens and there's life change that lasts forever. I believe that if we pray and we intercede and, you, and we all fast, that the Spirit of God will blow in this place. Because see, on the day of Pentecost, what we forget is they were in that upper room for a long time. Praying. Praying. And on the day when the Spirit moved, it said they were in one accord. It wasn't a Honda. It was one accord. And when they were praying... What happened was they were together. When everybody came together, I believe it took them that many days just to kind of sort through their junk and get on the same page. And when they were united, the Spirit of God said, now I can move. And he came in like a rushing wind. And their lives were changed forever. I don't know about you, but I'd love to have another encounter with the Lord where my life is changed forever. Forever. So will you pray? Will you fast? Not just for yourself, but for everyone that's coming. Will you?
Will you? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for just a great 2017. But we step into 2018 with huge expectations. We expect wonderful things, Lord. Lord, I expect that you to change many areas of my life. Help me draw closer to you. And so, Lord, as we press into your presence, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you begin to open our eyes to how you want to move, that we don't put you in a box, that we open up to this new year of what you have next for us. That, Lord, whatever it is next, that we just want to step into it. And that Holy Spirit, forgive us of the times that we held your hands back because of the way we thought you should move. You are Lord, we are not. And so we ask you to move in our presence, move in this place. Father, I pray that you protect us and keep us safe this year. Father, guide us this week. Help us to be a light for you in wherever you place us. And Lord, let us be open to your presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Thanks for checking out this week's message. Bethel Church Podcast. We hope that it's blessed you and encouraged you and that you come back and check out next week's message as well. 